Hey, soccer fans and SO peeps, welcome to another episode of Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. We are back. It is Monday, June 20th, and MLS is back in action after the international break. We had a few games, we had some great international play in CONCACAF Nations League, and we're going to get into all of that. Tonight, in the first half of the show, we are recapping MLS and CONCACAF scoreboard, sprinkling in a few little news clips, highlights, team and player talk. In the second half, we're going to continue our team profiles with the New York Red Bulls, who have been surging and sit in second place in the Eastern Conference. And uh, we're going to do a little stoppage time bit with a big programming announcement. So make sure you stay tuned to the very end of everything. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, share the link, grow the conversation, and you know what? Stay tuned as we get through that intro. Hey, Sons of a Pitch fans, MLS, USMNT soccer fans from around the country and around the world. Thank you for joining us again in this episode of Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central's Weekly Recap. I am your host, Nick, and as I mentioned in our brief teaser, we are going to look at the MLS scoreboard from the last week, highlight a couple of international games in the CONCACAF Champions League, and then profile the Red Bulls of New York who have shot their way up the MLS Eastern Conference standings. Also, we'll cover a few other little headlines that are going around in the world of MLS, and then we have a big programming announcement at the end, so make sure you stay tuned to the end. And for those of us listening on the podcast, don't skip ahead. Don't miss the content just because you want to hear the announcement and then rewind it later. I suppose you could do that. Either way, it's up to you. You're the one that's downloaded the episode. Again, I'm your host, Nick. I was a founder of this channel and over the last few months was brought back by our good friend, fellow founder, host, producer, Mr. Do Everything for SOP Soccer Central, Mike Guglielmi, and I'm happy to be back talking soccer with all of you. So without further ado, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, join the paid subscriptions, and you know what? If you're having fun, if you like the chat, throw a super chat our way or reach out via Sons of a Pitch Soccer at gmail.com and uh if you want to talk sponsorships if you want to donate to the show that way we'll reach back out to you and let you know exactly how to do it anyway let's get into it i want to thank brother bkl Contreras for jumping on and joining the chat tonight brother bkl how do you feel about red bull sneaking up on uh on your new york city team there we're going to get into that conversation in a little bit but let's take a look from around the league the score is going back to june 14th where the Seattle Sounders had a big 4-0 victory over Cascadia rivals Vancouver Whitecaps. This is a real nice game from the Seattle Sounders. There is definitely no more CCL hangover. They are back above the playoff line. They're feeling good. They did it without one of their regular starters, Jordan Morris, who's off in international duty doing it for the USMNT. This is terrifying if you're the rest of the Western Conference because you know Seattle is only going to move up the standings and those rank and those playoff spots are going to be at a premium. Next, we have New England drawing Orlando City 1-1. And let me see if I can bring up kind of the results here so that you guys can see exactly what I am seeing as well. 
There we go. We got the results going. So again, New York draws or New England draws Orlando City 1-1. And then moving into Saturday, June 18th, Seattle, the aforementioned team that I thought was about to be a juggernaut. However, they meet the other top team in the West. They end up drawing LAFC 1-1. Sticking with California and the Northwest, LA Galaxy draw Portland 1-1 as well. Let's see what I got for notes from these games. Nothing much. Just just the, that Galaxy Portland game, man. Jimmy Chara with the goal looked good. Uh, he has become, I think, more than what a lot of people expected, at least what I expected. I thought maybe he uh, would just be another solid kind of, you know, MLS regular guy, but he has elevated himself to one of the better players on the Portland Timbers roster, and it's great to see. Going back out east now, the Red Bulls of New York defeat Toronto FC 2-0. A very good win for this Red Bull team. Again, gets them up to second in the Eastern Conference standings. Meanwhile, Toronto struggling still. They just can't wait for Insigne to get there, can they? Reds fans, can they TFC fans? And I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that Mike is going to join us in the second half of the show and we'll get his takes on this performance as well. Continuing to roll down the MLS schedule, Columbus Crew at home draw Charlotte FC one to one. And both of these goals come from goalkeeper blunders. And it's worrying because Eloy Room also had a very similar blunder in the Nations League as well. I hope this isn't the beginning of the end for the 33-year-old keeper from Curacao because he has been a staple in MLS. He's been solid for the crew, but he's starting to have some butterfingers, and hopefully it's just a little bit of a mental thing recovering from Nations League, and he gets back into good form for the crew because they have big expectations now. They announced it today, June 20th. It had been rumored. Now it's official. A club record signing of Cucho Hernandez, a Colombian striker. He most recently has played with Watford. He spent some loan time with Getafe uh, a couple seasons ago in La Liga. So he's played in big leagues. He's scored goals in big leagues and now comes over to Columbus for a deal worth over $10 million, the seventh most expensive signing in MLS history. So hopefully Room gets his gloves together in the back. And now Hernandez, Zellerayan, and the Columbus crew offense can get rolling again and maybe bring them back up the table a little bit. Now, one of our good friends of the show, Connor McCabe, Connor knows best. Go check him out on YouTube and Twitter for all crew and crew two coverage. Uh, he was messaging me and like even a week ago was saying that Cucho was spotted in Columbus already and, and that he thinks he's going to be a great combination with Zellerayan. This is exactly what the crew needed to do. They traded Zardis. They freed up the DP spot, and they went out and made a big splash. This is fantastic. And, yep, Connor has joined us in the chat live on YouTube here. What is up, Connor? Glad you made it. And as he says, Cucho Hernandez to Columbus is officially done, which is awesome to see. And who else is jumping on here? Dan Geringer, great to have you with us, Dan. Good evening to you as well. Hopefully you had a great Monday at work and are settling in with a nice drink and some soccer talk. Now, Dan says he couldn't stand seeing the L.A. teams draw. Those are some tough games, tough draws for both teams who are really trying to either, if you're LAFC, go for that shield, or the L.A. Galaxy just trying to get back in the win column a little bit. But, hey, you can't knock draws to Seattle and Portland, two teams who have always played the L.A. teams very, very well historically. 
All right, moving on down the scoreboard. We have Orlando 2, Houston 1. Orlando City with a solid win, helping them kind of stabilize their position in the table via an Ursinkara brace. Now, he looks like a legit MLS player. He could move into that perhaps all-star range because he first came on my radar, again, suburbs guy here in Chicago, when he scored a goal against Chicago earlier this season and, and had a couple good opportunities as Orlando and Chicago had their two games already played. More on that kind of rant in prior episodes about scheduling. But anyway, uh, he comes away with a brace. Probably could have had a hat trick tonight. Had a couple missed opportunities. Again, he looks legit. He's an excellent signing. Uh, he's an Austrian footballer. Comes over from Austria after playing a few seasons there. And uh, he's doing very well for Orlando. And the rumors are that Pato may be sold if that hasn't already happened. If anyone's seen or heard about him, I haven't seen any headlines of his lately. Um, so thankfully, Kara is kind of picking up the slack there for the Lions in purple. Also, Philadelphia draws Cincinnati 1-1, or as people are calling Cincinnati, Philadelphia West, with their for, uh, their coach is a former assistant coach. They got a couple of players from them too. But you know what really we take out of this? Jim Curtin's postgame comments. They need a difference maker in the final third, which is accurate. And I think it's the last piece in the evolution of the Philadelphia Union over the last few seasons. We had seen the Union of a few seasons back play a kind of bunker and counter style. And then they wanted to play more of a possession style. And then they wanted to play more of a counter pressing, pressing, you know, count, you know, quick hit style. And every year it seemed like, oh, I don't know if Jim Curtin can coach like this. He's going to be on the hot seat. And he has done it and excelled at it and has put all the doubters uh, to bed, all the doubts to bed. Probably put the doubters to bed, too. I don't know if he's tucking them in himself or just, you know, doing it metaphorically. But anyway, he has surpassed all expectations, removed all doubts in anyone's mind. And now they have kind of gone away from that kind of goal scoring by committee that we've seen over the last couple of years, especially with the sale of Shabilko to Chicago. Now they need that star player in the final third who can be creative, who can create chances, be the playmaker, be the game changer, or as you always hear the guys on MLS Extra Time say, be a match winner for Philly. Now, Daniel Gazdag might be that guy, but he just needs to do it more consistently. So that is kind of my take on the Philadelphia Union. And as we continue with the aforementioned Chicago Fire, they are home to D.C. United, and they take three points first in 11 matches that the Fire have won. They were on a 10-match winless streak, and they finally get the result at home on the lakefront in Chicago against the other worst team in the league. But you got to beat who's in front of you, right? one nothing. And I'll tell you, fans out there, I just happened to be in Chicago that day, took the kids to the Field Museum, Went out to lunch in Greek Town, and I looked at my wife halfway through lunch and went, it's already kind of getting late. Maybe we just stick around for the fire game. And sure enough, we did. We got great seats, 10th row, uh, about even with the penalty spot of the south goal. And, man, it was awesome to see them live. Um, I will get into details of the fire game over on the Wife Children House channel, my own YouTube channel, so go look for that. As well as during our sponsorship break, our good friend and sponsor John Donovan is going to give you his reactions to it on the podcast side. So make sure you're also subscribing to the podcast so you can get all SOP Soccer Central content. 
And honestly, thank goodness they won because they did not have Shakiri and they did not have Torres. And it would have just been more of the same where Chris Mueller has a great game. The rest of the team plays pretty well and they come away with nothing to show for it. So thank goodness Chicago got that three points. Now let's take a few looks at some of the comments here. SOP Mike says, what's up, everyone? Hopping on the stream in about 25 minutes. So we will get Mike's take on everything around MLS as well as TFC. When he jumps on, Mike, looking forward to seeing you. BKL says, it's perfect to help the crew for moving the pitch and get perfect score goals. Give credit to the crew. Yes, that is talking about their recent signing of Cucho Hernandez. Absolutely. Connor agrees. The fire won, but it's DC United. Come on. I could beat DC by myself. I don't know if I'm going to go that far and agree with you, Connor, but I definitely understand the point you are trying to make. DC has not been playing well. They had a couple opportunities. One really good one with Taxi Fontas, who had it just a little over. But again, we'll get that into uh, some of the other shows that we do. Brother BKL, not any longer, Connor. <laughs> Great banter in the chat, my friends. Great banter there. Now let's continue moving down the scoreboard. Dallas, zero. Vancouver, two. So just when everyone writes Vancouver off for dead, pencil them in for your wooden spoon alongside Chicago and D.C. Nope, they come back and win 2 nothing. Meanwhile, Dallas... You know, Vancouver doesn't want the wooden spoon. Dallas doesn't want a playoff spot, apparently, or a top four spot. They just keep finding ways to lose and do so again at home against the Whitecaps. Staying out west, RSL with a big 2-0 victory over San Jose. Don't look now. RSL is in second place in the West, everyone. Nobody saw this coming with all the turmoil in the organization, the turnover in the coaching staff, the fact that, I, do they have a DP? I'll have to go check the roster. I don't know if RSL actually has a full DP. Does anyone want to check that in the chat for me right now? Uh, but they are doing it with grit, with determination, with just sound tactical play. And uh, and Pablo Maserani is just playing all the right notes with that RSL team. Are we going to see them drop off? That's kind of what I'm waiting for, right? Not to be so discouraging to the fans and players and everyone in the RSL organization, but... They are really outperforming expectations right now. Maybe not their own expectations. Maybe they have that us-against-the-world mentality. Um, but we need to see what their schedule is going to look like coming up and if they are going to have that drop-off. Um, I'm actually going to look that up right now and see if we can't pick a few games here. Next week, they're home against Columbus. Maybe Hernandez, it's a breakout game for him. Welcome to the MLS. Then they travel to Minnesota return home to Columbus, away at Atlanta, home against Kansas City, and home against Dallas. That's some pretty winnable games here. They're not playing any of the big teams on either conference. Atlanta's on a bit of a surge up, I would say, after this last game. But RSL can sustain this for a few more weeks. This is pretty good to see from Salt Lake. One thing I wanted to say about San Jose is... I feel for JT Marcinkowski, their goalkeeper. His defense has been hanging him out to dry. Game in, game out, week in, week out. Like he had some great saves tonight to keep it only 2 nothing. There's not much a goalkeeper can do when an opponent is, you know, tapping him in from five, six yards out, right? That's not on the keeper. That's on the defense. Anyway, let's keep it moving in the recap. Speaking of Atlanta, now we're on June 19th. Atlanta with a big 2-0 win over regional rival Inter-Miami. 
What was great here is Joseph Martinez assists Araujo, and then Araujo assists Joseph Martinez. The two of them looks like they're having some chemistry here. Martinez isn't going to get back into that crazy goal-scoring form that we saw him when he was the Golden Boot winner, league MVP, Atlanta's winning trophies. I, I really doubt that. I, I don't think he's going to be able to come back from that knee injury to be that superhuman 110% kind of player. But if he can build this great rapport with the players around him, like Araju, then he'll be able to find some easier goals, right? He doesn't have to be that sprinting at 100 miles an hour, blasting it by the goalkeeper kind of player. He can rely on some of his guile and his skill and his combination play with his teammates. So let's keep an eye on how those relationships for Atlanta's offensive players continue to build. On the flip side, I said Atlanta's on the rise. Is Miami on the slide now, right? Are they going to be able to keep up what they have built to this point, right? They are moving up towards the playoff line in the playoff right around there, but they've got Minnesota, Dallas, Orlando City, and Philly coming up next. And I, again, no real powerhouses, but you're playing a good Orlando City and a great Philadelphia team. So we'll see if Inter-Miami, if they're going to steal points from the West, how they fare against their Eastern Conference opponents. Next up, the New England Revolution with another win, 2-1 to one over Minnesota United. The Revs are starting to string together some points. They're 2-2-1 two, two and one in their last five, up to sixth place in the East. And you know, the last episode, if you like hearing about New England, if you like the Revolution, last episode I profiled the Revs. And my conclusion was their early season struggles were just, they didn't have offense. They didn't have boo. They didn't, the defense was struggling and they had no one to kind of be the outlet for it, right? But now Gustavo Boo is back. Boo, boo, boo. He's back. He's got two goals and an assist in the last three games. New England is getting wins, and they're moving up the Eastern Conference standings. Now, staying in the East, New York City hosting the Colorado Rapids. Great inter-conference uh, matchup there. But they draw the Rapids at home, one to one. Uh, this was this is tough for New York City, who is really trying to cement that number one spot. I don't know if they really want to go for the shield, if that's been talked about in NYCFC. Maybe some of our loyal listeners out there can let us in on some of the internal conversations. Um, but they need to be winning these home games. But if you're going to drop points, do it to a non-conference opponent. Meanwhile, Colorado uh, gets the goal early on and are able to hold on for a point and kind of keep their uh, their playoff picture relatively stable out in the West. Nashville, to round out the matches, Nashville at home, against the banged-up and struggling Kansas City squad, ends up losing 2-1. to one. This is a great win for Kansas City. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I did hear that Graham Zussi is was just banging them in. So we need to make sure that we go find the highlight reel because Graham Zussi has been one of my favorite soccer players for a long time, going back to when he first came to SKC, how he stuck with them his whole career, how he's got those international caps, all the things he's done, the San Zussi goal, all of that. I've loved watching Zussi's career over the years. Uh, and it's nice to know that he, he, he still got it when he needs it. But now the question for me about Sporting Kansas City is, will Peter Vermees and the organization start to emphasize the regular season even more if they're able to kind of win a few games and, and have a respectable season? Or will they focus on the U.S. Open Cup? They're in the round of 16. Despite being one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, they're in the round of 16 of a major tournament here. 
And they are playing against the USL League One side, I want to say, in Union Omaha. So it's a great opportunity for them to move into the final eight and play uh, the regional MLS team that comes out of the uh, their matchup, the next matchup in the bracket. Kansas City could make a run for a trophy despite not being in the playoff picture at all. So I wonder what their mentality is going to be because we know in the past, um, Vermees has kind of poo-pooed some of the other things like the League's Cup, um, friendlies against Liga MX teams, uh, etc. I wonder if he'll do the same this year to try and have a respectable regular season. But anyway, on the other side of that result, Nashville, uh, pretty clear to see that they miss Walker Zimmerman. Glad he's doing it for the USMNT, but I'm sure Nashville fans wish that he could get back to them real quick. Now let's take a look at some of the comments that have come in over this recap. Brother BKL when we play it great in the first half and the ref screws it with Talis Magno. I don't know if that was a penalty. The goalie pulled up. I, I would have given it. I would have given it because it's hard to be a striker when the goalie's coming out full speed and sprawls out. To me, he's not trying to play the ball. He's just trying to flail and, and make something happen. So I would have given the penalty. I'm with you on that one, brother BKL. Um, besides, it's a fine draw. Until we play RBNY in US Open Cup and Philly. Yeah, this is gonna be some fun matchups for the uh the blue side of New York City coming up soon. Ramon Pablano says, Hey Nick and SOP family. Ramon, great to see you jumping in the chat, man. How are you? How's everything out on the West Coast? Uh LAFC with a tough draw, but hopefully they can really move themselves into that shield front runner solidify it now they got Cialini what do you think about the Cialini signing I, I think we mentioned it in last week's episode but would love to hear what you think of it Ramon Bernardo hey bro how are you today great to have you back man by the way I love your little picture there the galaxy logo with the five stars for the championships I love that repping LA Galaxy man how do you feel about the Gal Galaxy's chances how do you feel about their results um it would be it would be great to see the Galaxy really uh, have some strong games, good games when they draw, rather than kind of uh, sub-par expectations. Uh, Dan says, what's happening, Mike? And bringing the stats like a stat doctor. You know, I've got a, I've got a legal doctorate, not a stat doctorate. I wonder where I could go to get that certificate. Maybe we'll have to start it here at SOP Soccer Central Stat Doctor Certificate. I think we can make that happen. Absolutely. Connor says, I'll have more on the Cucho News tomorrow on his channel. 1 p.m. Eastern live chat. So follow Connor Knows Soccer, Connor with a K. Go check that out. And Dan, thank you for saying I'm bringing the heat. I try to keep it entertaining. I sit at a desk all day. I read contracts. I look up policies and procedures. I do compliance work. So when I get in front of the camera for SOP Soccer Central, I'm fired up to be here with you all. So I really appreciate all the comments. Thank you, everyone, for letting us know what you're thinking. So we're going to recap a couple international matches, and we'll take a short break. So let's get into it. CONCACAF Nations League. Let me get that graphic up for you all here. Looking at the groups, you know, Jamaica and Mexico at the top of their group, Panama, Costa Rica at the top of their group, Honduras and Canada, and El Salvador in the U.S. at the top of their group as well. Now, all those uh, World Cup teams, U.S., Canada, Costa Rica, and Mexico – um, all have a game in hand because they were doing a lot of extra World Cup qualifying. So that's why the, their Nations League games got bumped back a bit. But I think by the end of group play, once they play every team twice, you'll see those teams kind of shake out. 
um, despite the fact that uh, the U.S. did draw El Salvador 1-1 in the mud pit of Cuscatlan down in El Salvador, right? I think when El Salvador comes to the U.S., the U.S. is going to probably smoke them like three or four nothing because they are, do not want to have those draws be the norm with El Salvador, first of all. Secondly, they just want to say, hey, when you play in a legit field with legit talent, this is what happens, okay? Um, that Ethan Horvath mistake did he get stuck in the mud do you guys think he was stuck in the mud do you think he misread it i've seen people say he was cheating on the cross and then the ball either drifted to the near post or it was kind of a trick shot where the player for el salvador thought he was gonna cross and then shoot it you know a little dip of the shoulder whatever either way it didn't look good when your goalie doesn't move and the ball ends up in the back of the net but hopefully horvath learns from that and continues to develop especially now that he'll be with nottingham forest in the Premier League, we'll have more American players in the EPL. That's awesome. Now, the other game, Jamaica and Mexico draw 1-1. Again, Jamaica's at the top of the group. Mexico's game of hand. This was Andre Blake at his finest. I mean, Mexico came out trying to win this game, and Blake had some fantastic saves. Now, before we take our break, I want to throw a few USMNT thoughts out there and let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what you all think about what Greg Berhalter is seeing with this U.S. group, right? What strikers do you think he's going to play? What goalkeepers do you think he's going to play? Any center back pairings that you like? Um, he, he's in evaluation mode. In my mind, he is in World Cup evaluation mode. He knows that the Nations League, it, it, it's a good tournament. You want to win it. You want to assert your dominance in the region. But the goal is World Cup right? Get out of the group stage of the World Cup. So he is evaluating, in my opinion, who, not just who are his best 11, but who are his best 11 to face a kind of team who is going to bunker and counter and low block? Who has his best 11 to face a team that's going to try to dominate possession? Who is his best substitute and what kind of tactical patterns and matchups and chemistry can he build within the game, right? He is in full evaluation mode. I got to remind everyone, we don't see training, right? We don't know what the training is like and how the players are performing in training. Based on what we saw this last window, I would say Haji Wright and Ethan Horvath probably have missed their opportunity or have not met Burhalter standards for whatever you think of that. Um, but Jordan Morris is kind of a question mark to me because he was kind of down. And in my mind, you're going to pick one of either Jordan Morris or Paul Ariola. And I'm leaning towards Ariola, but then Morris comes back with the stoppage time equalizer against El Salvador. So I don't know if this was some sort of weird, like, John Travolta face-off moment where, like, him and Ariola switched bodies for a minute. Um, especially with Ariola getting the red card after nine minutes of being on the pitch. Uh, but Morris got the full game, the solid performance, gets the equalizer. Is that enough to vault him ahead of Ariola. in my mind, you're going to get one of the two, or potentially let Berhalter say, we need these two guys on top of a stacked winger, um, a stacked winger pool, midfield pool in the U.S. So let's, um, let's take a look at some of the comments, and then we'll get into our break. Ramon Poblano, don't care for the shield, we are going for the cup. I love to hear it. I really want LAFC to make that run. 
Look, I'm not I'm not trying to change loyalties or pick one club over the other, but man, if LAC makes a run, that will be really fun to watch, especially with Cialini in the back, with Torundolo as the first-year coach, Vela and whatever his contract situation is, that'll be a lot of fun to see. So I'm looking forward to it. We got Red Bull Insider who joins us. RBI, great to see you. What is up? Glad you're here. We're gonna stay tuned, Red Bull Insider. We're gonna need your comments. We're gonna profile the red side of New York after the break. A new Wiseman World Cup happening in my backyard come 2026. Let's go. Yes, they did reveal the cities. I am sad to say that the closest city to me is Kansas City, being here from around Chicago. Chicago didn't put in a bid. I hate the mayor's administration for doing that. I hate that the city didn't want to bid. I understand the reasons why, but I think it's bogus. But anyway, we'll get into that another time. we got plenty of time before the World Cup. But yeah, the closest game for me is going to, I think, be Kansas City especially with Cincinnati not getting the bid. Now, brother BKL says Matt Turner's finished in New England and headed to Arsenal. Hopefully he can play his way into a starting job over there, though that will be extremely tough and can get uh, some minutes and get ready for the World Cup. What other things we got? BKL will be at MetLife Stadium. He's got it. Dan Geringer says, I say ring and Morris. Uh, I say Morris. He's got experience and that will help him when needed. Yeah, Absolutely. There's no no doubt that Greg Greg Berhalter likes guys who he can trust. And having experience in these international games is key to that, for sure. RBI says, a new got Mercedes-Benz. Me, BKL, DSO, got MetLife. I love it. Like You guys are going to need to take tons of pictures and let me know when you're in those, uh, in those World Cup games. That's going to be fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I love seeing the chat over here. We got the bets going. Mike, if you haven't jumped in, you got to go back and read this, my friend. Like, they got side bets going on about who's going to be doing live streams, consider which team's going to win. This is fantastic. And for everyone on the podcast side, make sure you find SOP Soccer Central on YouTube and subscribe. And then also jump in the live chat when it is ready for this. Guys, I got to go back and read uh read these comments to make some sense of it so my lawyer brain can make sure there's a meeting of the minds and we have formed a contract here to get these bets in place um but right before we take a we take a quick break where's the one last comment here we go uh bernardo labrada hey bro do you play pokemon go actually yes i do i do play pokemon go the, the original game boy came out when i was 12 changed my video game world and I've stuck with the franchise. Yes, I play Pokemon Go, man. Shoot me a DM on uh, Twitter at Wife Kids House, and uh, we can connect on that game. Anyway, everyone, this has been awesome recapping the MLS. We're going to take a quick break. And on the flip side, in the second half of the show, I'm showing my age saying things like on the flip side. Uh, at the second half of the show, we're going to profile the Red Bulls. Uh, we're going to talk a few other headlines. We have a programming announcement. Um, that we are going to reveal. And hopefully by then, I get Mike in live on the chat to talk to you all himself. So go refill your drink, run to the bathroom. For those of you on the podcast side, you will hear our Chicago Fire recap from our good friend, longtime supporter and sponsor, John Donovan. And on the YouTube side, you're going to see a great graphic for our sponsor, Skyrus Icelandic Spring Water, available at your local 7-Eleven. And uh, I'm going to work on my, my sponsor read voice for the future. So stay tuned. We will be back in about one minute. This MLS weekly recap is sponsored by Skira, 
Icelandic spring water available at your local 7-Eleven. Icelandic for clear ski water comes from a spring in a nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, yes, pun intended, it's one of the best. Get some Skira today at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire Update brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Nick, John Donovan here covering the MLS and the Chicago Fire. I'm going to try to get this out Saturday night after the game. I'm going to uh, Pauly's Island tomorrow for a week with my grandkids. But the uh, game was kind of exciting. It, um, You know, when, when the Fire come out and they have Brian Gutierrez, who should be playing in that position, I think he had a good game. Um, I did not uh, go with some of the starters that as are put out in the field, I just kind of really frustrates me when I see Federico Navarro, the guy from Argentina, on the floor. I mean, he's a he's a card waiting to happen, and he's lost two games for the Fire this year because of his silly cards. Um, I just sometimes have to wonder where Ezra is on his lineups. He put Ivanov in, and he did nothing. I mean, literally, I think Chabilko played relatively well. Um, you know, the team, the defense is strong. Jimenez had a pretty good game. Uh, I'm glad to see Herbers coming off the bench, uh, Nick. He, um, he did that for the union. He'd come in 65th to 70th minute, and he always played a strong game. I don't think Herbers is a good starter. But he just, it really comes on when he's, uh, when he's a substitute. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, his buddy Gressel, they have a podcast together. And they both went up for a header. And I, I, think, I think that he almost knocked out Gressel with, uh, with one of his elbows. So they, they've got a lot of competition and a nice podcast. But, uh, you know, the fire come away with a one nothing win. They pick up three points. I still think, I have to look at the standings, that the fire will be dead last at that uh, in the Eastern Conference. DC, I think, had four points on them. So, um, you know, I, I just ha- think the fire have the uh, the talent to move up in this league. They, it just sometimes, Nick, this coaching, the managing of the squad just leaves me kind of wondering. I, when I turned on the TV to hear about the starting lineup, I. Ivanov, you know, Federico Navarro. Uh, these are two guys that have done nothing. And then at the end of the game, um, his first substitute, Ezra's first substitute off the bench was uh, Espinosa. And yes, he got, it looked like he scored, but the reality is that he didn't. And, and you have good young homegrowners on the bench that you want to see play. Espinosa lost the Omaha game. He's, he, he's done virtually nothing for this squad. And I just can't understand Ezra's logic for putting some of the guys on the field that, that have hurt him all year. Um, you know, they play Houston next week. I think Houston is a bad... I watched the Houston game today, and they really are a pretty good team. I think they're better than D.C. D.C., um, you know, was all right. Taxi, taxi from... Uh, uh, from Greek, all great, all inked up, dude. Um, almost scored one at the end. He's got a lot of 
speed and so forth, but I didn't think Russell had one of his greatest games. Um, they Fire had to play uh, Bornstein on him. I mean, he was open a lot, but he just didn't have the crosses. So Fire come away with the win. Um, I don't think it was one of uh, Ezra's greatest games. I don't know what's going to happen to him after a season uh, unless they can really make a run of it. The two players on the fire squad that I was impressed with today, I was impressed with Brian Gutierrez. I think that um, he's a clever center midfielder. He's he 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 gets good, gets in good positions. He had one breakaway today that oh lord, it should have been at the end of the or in the in the, um, the net, but uh, he put it right on the goalie. Uh, but he's he's growing with that position, and I'd like to see him. There and Shakira at Shakira out in the wing, but we'll have to see. I know they spent so much money, and that's the big position. So, um, you know, next week they play Houston. Hopefully, they have Torres back. I didn't know that Torres came up with a hip injury before he came here from Mexico. So, um, let's see what happens next week, Nick. I wish I was at. If I had known you were going to be at the game, I might have gone. Um, but. Next week should be a good game. Come on, fire. Let's get this, get a little running streak together. They can get three games out of the next four. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I swear to God, I think they will do it. They, I listened to the game in Spanish. Um, it was the best commentary, and they were talking today about Gaga. It looked like Gaga was going to be sold to Chelsea for $10 bucks, and they were going to extend him out another year with the fire, so he got playing time. So good for Gaga, good for Chicago. Um, it's a, I think it's a good arrangement for both players. So I will talk to you next week, Nick. Take care. Have a good trip back. Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week. All right, SO peeps and soccer fans, we are back. I want to, again, thank everyone for the great comments, everything as we recapped the MLS scores in the first half. Thank you to John Donovan for the Chicago Fire recap and his take on things uh, on the podcast side of the show, as well as thanks to Skira Icelandic Spring Water. My wife is actually about to book a trip for us to Iceland. So Skira sponsors, if you're out there, can we get a tour of the bottling facility? You want to you wanna let us know what's going on out there? I'm serious. We're going this October. Let us know. Anyway, back to the soccer side of things. And look who's here, everybody. Perfect timing, right on the other side of the break. My brother, Mike. How you What's going doing? on, man? What's, going, What's on? going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? It's it's been a minute. Uh, glad to be back talking with you, you guys, and uh just uh go, going through a lot over here, everybody, and uh just just to kind of let everybody know what's been going on. Um, uh, you know, so uh I've been been going through a lot of personal uh personal issues right now. Um, as well as with uh, with work and all kinds of different things. So just as kind of a, a quick synopsis of everything, a, a big shout out to to my mother, Karen, um, who we call grandma on the chat line and 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 whatnot. Uh, my, my mother passed away uh, back on June 6th. And uh, so we've been uh, been dealing with with a lot with that. Uh, also have some other things, uh, you know, family wise that have been going on. Um, you know, in, in regards to my father as well. Um, so a lot of other things, but mo mostly that plus um, as far as a job, 
uh, you know, I'll be uh, I'm possibly going to be moving down to Shreveport, Louisiana, and that area. Uh, so there's a lot going on in my world. So guys, don't take it personally. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not leaving you guys, uh, but a, a lot going on right now that I've just I've, I've had to kind of take a step back for now and for a little bit in the future, which we'll discuss a little bit towards the end of the show. But uh, it's great to talk to you guys. You're in great hands with Nick, and uh, I miss it. And uh, anyways, with that being said, Nick, how you doing, man? Brother, I'm doing very well, Mike. And I think I can speak for the entire Sons of a Pitch community, offering our condolences to you on the passing of your mother, keeping you, your family, and everyone in our prayers, and, and hopefully that she has, has finally found some rest and that you and your kids will keep her memory alive and, and have many, many fond memories of her uh, for the rest of your lifetime. Um, as, as we say in the Orthodox tradition, memory eternal. Absolutely. Thank you. So uh, I, I can already see it now in the chat, everyone expressing their best wishes, Mike. Um, yes. And, and thank, we're thank even you getting offers, much. you know, phone calls, messages, what, whatever you need. They've got your back. We've got your back. And just another reason why we love being a part of the Sons of a Pitch community here. Thank you to everyone for that. And yes, yes. we will get into some uh, some additional programming announcements at the end of the show. But Mike, I, I know one of the things that you, that you love to do is talk soccer. It's, it. it was awesome always seeing your mom jumping in on the chat. So I, I think we this segment, if not this entire episode, needs to be dedicated to her and to her memory. And so with that, uh, bringing you in, I was about to, to do a profile on the Red Bulls. You got to watch TFC play the Red Bulls. So why don't you give us a little bit of what you saw from, from the Toronto FC side, being the big Reds fan that you are, and then we can transition into uh, the, the Red Bulls side of things. Go for it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with, uh, with TFC, I, I, caught, I jumped in around the 10-minute mark of the game. However, TFC was already down because that's what they do. They concede early, um, and uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a pretty sight in Toronto. I think they went into the game as plus 875 or plus 900. Uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a mess, figured it was going to be a mess, and it turned out to be that mess. Uh, however, when I was watching um, – you know, I was watching uh, probably for about 45 minutes or so, the rest of the first half and a few minutes into the second half. Uh, and, and it was all TFC. I mean, it was the MSG broadcast, uh, the New York Red Bulls announcers, Shep Messing, and I forget the other guy's name, but they, I love those guys. They're great announcers. And, uh, you know, they even, they even were like, wow, this, this is surprising because Toronto FC is, is the better team here at Red Bull Arena. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it, it's a game that we all know and we all love for a reason, because sometimes it doesn't go that way. And that's kind of what makes soccer soccer. Uh, you know, so it was uh, at, at, at that point, New York scored again. I was done watching at that point and uh, went to sleep for the night. But, uh, you know, overall. Toronto FC, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of pieces they need to bring in. And uh, the one thing I do want to address, though, is, is I'm, I'm seeing Carlos Salcedo taking a lot of heat. A lot of heat. And uh, I agree that he has not been his best. Uh, you know, worthy of that designated player price tag, not so much. However, everybody lay off the man. Look what he's working with. He has had Chris Mavinga next to him probably two or three games this season. It's either been Shane O'Neill or uh, you know Lucas McNaughton. There's a lot of other. There's a lot of reasons why he has not been playing his best. Plus, then the wingbacks. We all know TFC has zero wingbacks. So 
uh, you know, they've just been pushing the kids back there. So overall, Toronto FC is a work in progress. We all knew it. As long as they can stay somewhat close, you know, in July, we'll see if they get there. But, uh, you know, overall, the Red Bulls, they're they're doing well. They're they're playing well. They've got a good system. They've got Lucinius, who came in, looks to be really, really special. Uh, you know, Red Bulls are Red Bulls are doing well. So thank you. Thank you, guys, with all these awesome, uh, you know, awesome comments. Ramon, thank you, sir. You know, Connor, thank you. Dan, thank you. Um, everybody, uh, thank you so much for the the well the well wishes and whatnot. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we're we're all going to get through this, and uh, and and we'll have we'll have brighter days. For sure, Mike. And um, I wanted to ask you a TFC question though. How do you feel about before we get into Red Bull? How, how do you feel about Jalen Nelson? Is it Jalen Jaden? Did I did I mispronounce Jaden? Jaden Nelson. Him a little yeah. bit this season. Dude, he's either crushing the opponent with yellow card <laughs> tackles or highlight goals. Yeah, he's he's 17. That's that's all you got to know about this kid. Uh, he has potential to be a superstar, but he's 17. So there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, he, he has howler. of He's has has really bad games. Sometimes he's out there. He doesn't look good. And then there's other times like the game against the Red Bulls when he looked fantastic. He's young. A lot of these players on TFC are young. There's a lot of great talent on that TFC team. Jaden Nelson is one to watch. I'm very disappointed we didn't get to see uh, Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy this season as much as we expected to because of his injury. Um, but there's a lot of great talent. Jaden Nelson is, is going to be a big player in Europe at some point. He's not going to stay with Toronto. Um, but overall, a, a very good player. He's just rough. He's rough around the edges. He hasn't been polished off yet. He needs the, he needs more time in MLS, and, and then and he'll be fine. Sounds good, Mike. Let's get into one of those guys you just named, Lukinas for the Red Bulls. So when I when I'm looking at the Red Bulls, I mean you, you got to start with Lucinius lately because the man from Brazil has been scoring bangers. So I wanted to give everyone a brief profile on this player who his full name actually is uh, Lucas Lima Linares. And so thinking about how they got Lucinius out of that, I'm thinking, Mike, would you be like Mikeinho or Micalinho? Or, or should should we start like the Nikino and Mikino podcast or something like that and just talk about the Brazilian talent that comes through here? Hey, um, if there was more Brazilian talent in MLS, maybe. But uh, here, here's I, your next million dollar idea right now. Develop an app that makes your name into a Brazilian soccer player name. Just throw that out there on Twitter for people to find. So um, the other bit about Luquinhas here, he's a 25-year-old attacking midfielder, though at times he plays like a striker. Um, he went pro in 2015, played in Portugal until 2019 when he transferred to Legia Warsaw and was the two-time uh, Polish league champion and also named midfielder of the year in one of those seasons. Comes to Red Bull New York on a DP contract and in 14 appearances, including nine starts, five goals and two assists. According to the website Transfer Market, he is valued at $3.3 million dollars. And uh, I think he's making a case for newcomer of the year here. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on Lucinius, his season so far, and what his ceiling is here? You know, I, I haven't watched enough of them, to be honest with you. This season has been a little bit rough. I'll, I'll be 100% honest with all of y'all. I mean, I've watched about probably about 60 minutes worth of soccer, and that was TFC and Canada. 
That's all I've watched over the past three weeks, um, maybe four. It's been it's been bad. Um, I just haven't had the time to watch it. I mean, it, from what I'm seeing from this guy, it seems like he's got he's got the talent. Uh, he can definitely do well in this league, and there was not much of a transition time for him. So that that bodes well, guys. Even when even when a lot of people have uh, you know have a, a a lengthy transition into MLS and they still turn out well, they don't end up being that great because of that transition time. So it's the guys who really are at the top of the game in MLS that you talk about, your Robbie Keens, your Javinkos, uh, you know, those guys, they came right in and they started blasting. And that's something that's similar with, with Lequinos, Lequinos. He came in and he is doing extremely well right from the get-go. So, uh, you know, that's uh, he's, he's, he's quite the player. And, and Mia Mendez, how you doing, Mia? Good to see you. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm going through a little bit of a rough patch right now, Mia, but uh Estacio and Porto are champions of Portugal. Congratulations to them. Glad glad to see Porto win the championship and uh, glad to see Amia and uh, hope hope you're doing well. Nope, you're on mute there, Nick. There we go. So continuing on the red the Red Bull talk here. Like look at the standings, Mike. The Red Bulls are second in the Eastern Conference. After 16 games played, about halfway through the season, and the Red Bulls are averaging 1.63 points per game. I did not expect this from the Red Bulls. I expected them to be better, but I did not expect them to be this high. And because I'm a guy who likes statistics, um, the Red Bulls have an expected goals of 26.3 and have actually scored 26 goals. So they're performing about where they should be from that standpoint. But here's what's really helping them get the job done, and this goes back to that five-game winning streak on the road to open the season. Their expected goals allowed was 21.5, and they've actually allowed only 17. So they are playing a lot better defense, or at least they're not giving up high-quality chances to, to the opposition. Meanwhile, head coach Gerhard Struber is really getting the team clicking. The offensive numbers are outstanding if you look at any of the stats. Go to fbref.com, go to whoscoredit.com, look at any of the stats. The offensive numbers are great. The high press is working. And as good as Lucinius has been, Lewis Morgan is the leading scorer with seven goals. Klamala has four, and five other players have scored for the Red Bulls. So you've got your high-scoring stars, but you've got other guys who are threat. And by the way, keep an eye on Omir Fernandez a 23-year-old homegrown player for the Red Bulls who already has six assists on the season. So they can do it all around on the offensive side of things. And, Mike, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think that the Red Bulls can keep this up for the rest of the season? Can they get a top two or three spot in the Eastern Conference? And how far do you think they can go this season? Uh, Blunt answer, no. No, I don't think they can. Um, I, I don't think there's enough talent on that squad to to finish in the top three in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think the system is good. I think they have the right talent for that system. I just don't see it. I, I just can't see them competing with, even though some of the some of the names have switched in the Eastern Conference so far this season. New York City's there, obviously. That's that that's not a change, but. You know, in Philadelphia, but in Orlando, your Montreal, your you know Charlotte, 
Cincinnati in the eight spot compared to last season, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, Miami down at nine, 10. Um, there's a lot of talent on a lot of these teams that I think can, can play with the Red Bulls. So I, you know, right now I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no, they don't finish in top three. Um, but they definitely, they, they, they could, I mean, it's, it's, it could happen. I just don't see it. Anymore. So I, I, I disagree respectfully, respectfully disagree with you, sir. Um, I, I think so because part of it is like you said, they play that certain style of Red Bull soccer, call it energy drink soccer, call it high pressing, call it whatever you will. So as long as they can maintain that style of play and they're not bit by the injury bug and you know they're they're not losing guys to international play anymore, which I, I don't think they have a lot of international players other than Aaron Long uh, lately on their squad, they can keep up the style of play. And as far as like Lucinius and Klamala, those guys are going to keep scoring. I mean, if you look at Lucinius, if you really watch some of the highlights, he is sneaking peaks at the goal before the ball gets to him. So he knows exactly where he wants to play it. So he's on another level than MLS defenses right now. Um, I do think they're going to stay in the top four. I think my only concern is their defense. If they start allowing in some of those goals, I'm going to be that weird stat guy and use the phrase regress to the mean, that they're going to start going back to what the models are projecting. Um, then maybe they'll, you'll start to see them slide into that four or five spot. But I also looked up uh, some of their defenders on fbref.com. Sean Nealis and Dylan Nealis, two brothers who play defense for the Red Bulls, are just having outstanding seasons. I think they're having career years. And if you look at the player comparison chart model, whatever that FB ref gives you, Sean Nealis actually is almost being compared to Walker Zimmerman and some other of the great MLS defenders, at least in a statistical model sense over the last 365 days. So yes, I put a lot of qualifiers on that, but long story short, I really expect the Red Bulls <laughs> to keep this up for the rest of the season. And I really think they're going to be there fighting for a top two, three spot with New York city and Philadelphia. None of the other teams in the Eastern conference has been consistent, has played as consistently well as those three teams. So I think it's going to be uh, NYC on top and then Red Bull and Philly fighting for two and three. So that's, that's my thought on, on everything Red Bulls on what we've got going on there. Um, Mike, I got a few other headlines, but you want to take a question from Connor before we, we get into some of the headlines? Yeah, absolutely. So he asks, can a Zellerayan Cucho Hernandez duo lift the crew to a playoff spot this season? And Mike, I don't know if you saw just today, they announced it. It had been rumored all week that the crew have signed Cucho Hernandez to a club record, $10 million transfer, seventh highest deal in MLS history former Watford striker. Um, do you think that they can elevate up the table? And let me get that table back up for everybody to see. The crew right now are sitting in 11th place, 1.21 points per game. They are three points off the playoff line from Charlotte and Cincinnati. So what do you think, Mike? Can the crew get into the playoffs? Yes. Uh, I think every single team in the East has an opportunity to get into the playoffs right now. Uh, the Eastern Conference, I mean, you look at it in those in those five, you know, from five down to 14, there's a nine-point swing with 15 to 16 games played. We're not even halfway through the season yet. 
in MLS, we all know MLS and how this league works. Anybody can beat anybody else on any given day. Doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. And you go on a three-game winning streak, a four-game winning streak, and you completely change the outlook of your season. Now, this guy, I, I know nothing about this guy. No, I don't watch anything about the Premier League, Watford, Wolves, whatever the hell, he, wherever he's coming from. I don't pay attention to any of that. But he obviously has a certain level of talent to be at those places. Now, Lucas Celerayan is a beast and has been a beast ever since he came into MLS from Tigres. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm thinking with, with them sitting at 14 games played right now, uh, you know, two games behind Charlotte, two games behind New England, two games behind Orlando, and only eight points out of that four spot. Yeah, I mean, you figure if they win both those games, that eight points turns into two. Uh, it's it's definitely possible. They the, the crew are missing one position, and that is striker. They got rid of Jossie Zardes. Wasn't what they were looking for. Miguel Barry is a young talent and a very good talent, and he will he will help that team. I mean, he's even if this Cucho guy goes number one and, and is your starting player, which I expect he will be, Barry off the bench, you're starting him in a you know a two up top system. It's it's gonna be fine. Miguel Barry is a very serviceable striker in MLS. To add that, if this Cucho Hernandez comes out and plays well, especially right off the bat, I I can see them jumping in for sure. So, Mike, you've said, you know, a three-game win streak can change your season. I'm going to read you the next five Columbus Crew matchups, and you just rattle it off. Win or loss. Okay. At Real Salt Lake. Loss. At Toronto. Win. Home versus Philly. Win. At Chicago. Win. At D.C. Win. And then we'll throw in the sixth one, too. The hell is real Derby at home against Cincinnati. Adds toss-up. <laughs> so I, th- I think you just, what, was that three or four wins in a draw? Right, right. Yeah. So, Connor, to, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> yes, the crew can jump up the table. Um, let me jump into a few other headlines that we wanted to cover. Um, last week, we kind of talked about Real Madrid making the offer for Gaga Slonina, uh, Chicago's young goalkeeper. And over the last week, now Chelsea is actually the front runner for that. So make sure you follow all your favorite soccer reporters on Twitter to see what the official deal is. I think that one's closest to getting done. Uh, so we might have a couple Americans playing for Chelsea next season. Um, another quick World Cup update. We saw Costa Rica defeat Australia in the playoff. CONCACAF gets four teams into the World Cup. Now, I don't envy Costa Rica's group. Uh, Los Ticos are in with Spain, Germany, and Japan. Um, And a little bit of news, the World Cup, I I hear, is keeping the 26-man roster instead of the 23-man roster, usually just because of the move to Qatar, the winter World Cup, the weather and everything, probably some COVID stuff in there. And um, the only question is, are they going to continue the – uh, five substitute rule that has been in place uh, with all the other leagues. I assume that's coming next. Uh, the last thing, Mike, I want to get your take. Have you read all the details on the Apple TV MLS deal? It's almost old news now because of our news cycle here, but it, have you read the details on this? How do you feel about it? 
I have not really gotten into the nitty gritty of the details. Um, I, from what I can see, there's opportunity there. There's definitely opportunity. They just got to make sure they do it right. Um, if, if they do it right, there's an opportunity and it really depends on what, what the, what the cost is going to be and, and what type of production status you're going to see out of these matches. I would assume it's Apple, it's MLS. This is their target market. You know, the younger generation, the digital generation, I expect they'll do it right. The only thing that concerns me is will they price a lot of people out? And that being the new fan, um, that's where I have the, that's the only concern I have. You're going to get everybody who's on here. They're going to get it. They're going to find a way to get it. They'll, they'll do it, but we're already there. That's, that's not that. Now, obviously you got to take care of your customers, right? As an MLS, as, as a league, you got to take care of your diehards, but you have to be going after that new market. And if you expect somebody to just kind of start getting into something and pay those type of prices that I've been seeing floated around 20 to 30 bucks a month, forget about it. It's not happening. So it better not be that high. Um, it, I, you know, I've, from then I've, I've heard maybe, you know, 15 to 20 range a month is still pretty high. Um, you know, but there's, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it, um, but I, it, it can definitely be a pioneer type thing that could could really take this league to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. But it could also backfire as well. But there, as Ramon said and, and and RBI said, you know, season ticket holders get it free. So that's that is that is definitely good. Um, so hopefully there's hopefully they've they've figured out a way to attract that new customer, that new fan, and that new blood in MLS. For sure. Um, real quick, uh, RBI Insider, Red Bull Insider caught me. Costa Rica beat New Zealand in the playoff. It was Australia who ended up beating Peru. Um, so thank you for correcting me on that one. And, yeah, I think my take on it is this is awesome. It's $250 million a year for 10 years. And if the MLS hits certain subscription milestones, then Apple is going to give the league even more money. So essentially – they're getting like an expansion fee every year for the next 10 years. Um, we, we can talk about it for, for a long time, but yeah, the biggest benefit, no blackouts. You're having a unified league broadcast. They're going to have programming on all the time, not just the games. You're going to get whip around shows. You're going to get original content. So if anyone knows anyone at Apple TV or the league office, tell them you want to get the guys from SOP soccer central to develop a show for them. Um, but the, the negatives are, yeah, it's, it's the pricing. You got to get Apple TV and then you also have to get the MLS package for it. And also a lot of people are kind of looking at that human element where the, the franchises have built out their own local broadcasts, their own, um, broadcast teams, things of that nature that now people are wondering, are they going to have a job if everything is centralized with Apple? So those are the, the major pros and major cons that I've read. And I really think that it's going to be, at the end of the day, a huge boon for the league because they're still going to sell the cable rights to ESPN or whoever else it is. And, yeah, they know how to market. And it's going to be a great move. As Connor says, Apple's got tons of money to throw around. So this is going to work. Um, so everyone, thank you all for the comments on all the different things. We promised you we were going to do a show update, um, a programming update. And after five years of Mike and I doing Sons of a Pitch in one form or other, we are again evolving. So 
hey, I'm the historian, I'm the lawyer, let me give you the backdrop, right? In 2017, we started a podcast recording in our garages, our RVs. There was even someone who had emailed us in and said, are, are you guys near Chicago and O'Hare? Because I can hear a plane in the background of your recording. Like that, That's how it started for us. Um, we eventually got better, a lot better. We put videos up. The first YouTube video I think we did was August 7th of 2019. And about a year ago, uh, Mike took the show all in on YouTube with paid subscriptions, emojis, advertising, live streams, three and four videos a week. Mike has worked his ass off to grow this channel to over 6,000 subscribers, over 1,000 Twitter followers, and into the great content that you're seeing today. And as Mike said, with everything going on with his family, he's going to be taking a little bit of a step back over the next uh, several weeks and months. But our goal will remain to continue to provide consistent and quality American soccer content. So with that, we've got a bit of a three-pronged uh, approach here. Phase one, we're keeping the weekly recaps and the picks and predictions and the podcast. That is going to be our bread and butter. We're going to double down on that even more. I'm going to be more active on social media. I'll be tweeting out articles, updating Facebook. Hey, I might even learn Instagram right? Teaching old dogs some new tricks here. And we're going to work out some details uh, on new content for the paid subscribers as well. Now, phase two, and this is something I'm excited about. Mike, we got to work the details out. We're, we may merge SOP Soccer Central or SOP Soccer Central may absorb my own wife, children, house YouTube channel where we have a lot of Chicago fire coverage, where we have some MLS comedy and soccer comedy and educational videos. And we can expand YouTube even further to give you guys more of a taste of who Mike and I are. Like, you know us from soccer. You know our kids from jumping in on the video streams. I, I, I think, Mike, your son is probably the most famous one doing that. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we can put some more stuff out. Hey, even in this episode, we got comments about playing Pokemon Go. So right. we might even do some video game stuff and just really expand and, and kind of talk about, you know, living the soccer lifestyle and what we do outside of soccer as well. Get to know us. And as far as the third phase, what I see happening a few months from now, Mike, and uh, whenever you're ready to, to, to put some work back into that, I think we can relaunch our website, get some expanded writing. Um, I can put my show notes up. We can write some blogs. We can get recaps out for the World Cup. And that's the goal. Get, the, get everything ready so that we can give you all the best coverage of World Cup 2026. Have the best chats have the best coverage, have the best videos, graphics, everything that you all want to see. And so you know you can come to SOP Soccer Central to be your World Cup Central. So that is kind of our vision for things. I want to thank Mike for bringing me back in and, and for keeping up our friendship, first of all, and for keeping up uh, the passion for SOP as well as the game. And I'm looking forward to to getting back involved even more. Um Mike, that, that is what I wanted to present to the people. Yeah. Give, give me your thoughts and, and then we can wrap for the evening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm excited for the future of SLP. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I've got to step back, um, you know, and Jay's jumping in. What did I miss, Mike? You leaving? I, I'm leaving for the short term, Jay. Um, you know, for the next couple of months, I'm going to be out, out of the picture here with SLP. I just can't. I can't handle everything I've got going on um, and between family, um, between work possibly switching jobs, all that type of stuff. 
Um, so, I mean, almost it's almost a guarantee on switching the jobs. Uh, we're, we're not quite 100% there. We're like 98%. So I'm possibly going to be moving down to Louisiana, selling my house, building, you know, building a house down there, uh, buying some land. Things are absolutely crazy in my life right now, um, to, to put it mildly. And, and, and to those of you who I speak with on, you know, on social media and outside of the platform, I'll fill you in, um, on that and on, on more, but, uh, you know, as far as that goes, Nick, you know, Nick, we started this out, this thing out together. We wouldn't be where we are today with what you did in the beginning. We wouldn't be where we are today with what I did in the beginning and in the middle we wouldn't be where we are today without you guys, without RBI, without Brother BKL, without Dan, without Connor, without all you guys. We're not, we are nothing without you guys. And this is, this is what, I mean, this is kind of the, the you're not dealing with Fox soccer. You're not, you know, you're not dealing with that stuff. And that's why you love it because we're not that. We're just two dudes who have families, who have a life. And we have a passion for the beautiful game of soccer in North America and MLS and CONCACAF. And you know what? Um, that's going to continue. And we're going to we're going to revamp this where I'm going to step back. Nick's going to handle things. He's, you know, obviously I'm going to be on the back end. I mean, I'm still I'm still here. I'm still in the emails. I'm still in the DMs. You know, I'm still available. I'm just not going to be putting out content because I just don't have the time to do so. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to the future. SOP is going to be even better come December by the time this world cup rolls around. And I just want to, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for everything that you've done in, in, in my life. You guys have been a big part in my life and, and Nick, thanks for coming back, man. And, and this is, is, it's, it's a revolving door, brother. Like this is, we're, we're the SOP family, like they're saying, you know, this is the SOP family, you know what I mean? This is, that's what we are. And, uh, you know, so, so we're going to, we're going to handle some things. We're going to come back. We're going to get, we're going to be bigger. We're going to be better than, than ever before. Uh, but I just got to step back right now and, and Nick's going to handle things and, and we're going to, we're going to roll from there. So with that being said, Ramon, Mike sounds Vela and it's, uh, Mike sounds like Vela's contract is 95% there. I hope so, man. I really, really hope so. Um, I, I really hope he's he's in the league for a long time, man, because uh, he's 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 a great, great. He's a legend in in MLS. Period. I, you can't put it any other way. The season he had, the, what he's put together in his career is great. So uh, I love it. And uh, Bernardo, take it easy, my man. And uh, SOP, still we die, man. You got it. You got it, Jay. You got it. And and I appreciate you, brother, for speaking with you. You know before and uh, and, and a new. Wiseman, thank you, man, and appreciate you guys, and and I'll be around, and who knows, maybe every once in a while, uh, you know, I'm, there's possibility I might be, you know, I might be free on a Monday night, and I might just jump in on the episodes, it, it all just depends, if you know, on what's going on in life, so we'll be there, and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, uh, I'm not going to miss Chicago winners, Ramon, I'm not going to miss it, man, that, uh, that's one thing that I will not miss, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Nick, take it away, brother. I trust you with with everything with this, and and I know you're gonna do great. And you know, and if, and if he starts if he starts fucking up, y'all call me. Y'all find me on the DMs. You let me know. Shoot me an email and be like, dude, Nick, you gotta check your boy Nick here, and we'll take care of it. But no, appreciate it, man. Everybody, it's it's been great. And Nick, take us home, brother. 
Mike, thank you for the words. Again, thanks to our listeners, the viewers, the podcast downloaders who were with us from the beginning, who continue to support us. John Donovan, Skyra Icelandic, Skira Icelandic Spring Water. I could use some right now after. Mike, yeah. we hit an hour, six minutes, brother. This is what happens when we get back together talking. But thank you, everyone. We appreciate you all. And we will see you all next week live talking MLS and American soccer. Thank you.